0: production companies that come to us, they have a show that they are trying to create and for the most part they want to shoot in Japan but they don't know how to do it because obviously they don't know the language but they also don't have the connections especially to a subculture. So if you wanted to shoot a regular tourist thing it wouldn't be the hardest thing in the world but if you want to do something called body modifications or bagel heads or really niche fashion you would have no idea where to start and that's where we come in.
1: I love to discover niche travel, and this is something our next guest has made a career of. Today, I have social media influencer Carmina of lacarmina.com on the show to talk about her style of travel, goth, subcultures, body mods, alternative fashion, and more. She runs a website packed with information and tips for those looking for offbeat travel experiences. Carmina has collaborated on Travel TV with ABC, National Geographic, Travel Channel, Andrew Zimmerman, and Anthony, ordain rest in peace our conversation ranges from tokyo's disciplinary maid bars where you get slapped for misbehaving to goth travel culture and pioneering space tourism This episode of Andy Steves Travel Podcast is brought to you in part by Zenbo Lenses. You can check them out on amazon.com as well as xenvopro.com. And that's where they have all the information about these super sweet clip-on wide-angle lenses for your smartphone. It really takes your Instagram game to the next level. And man, I've really enjoyed using it from all over the world and all sorts of formats. On a selfie mode, you can take a super wide-angle Photo with fitting in something like 20 people into the shot. Flip it around to the front end, and you can take great interior design options. You can do some great travel shots, panoramas, and more. So be sure to check that out, Zenbopro.com, and pick up their $35 lens. We've been working with them for the last year, and I've been blown away by the quality of the product, the quality of the construction, and the durability. Because when you travel, sometimes these things take a hit, and this little lens can clip on and really take your game to the next level check them out
2: sharing tips tricks and tales from around the globe this is travel for the next generation you're listening to the andy steves travel podcast
1: All right, guys, today we have a guest with a fascinating story, Carmina of La Carmina. Um, She's going to fill us in all about this name because I'm curious about that. But first off, man, I don't even know where to start with her bio. She's been on all sorts of media coverage from Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmern to ABC's Nightline, The Today Show. Um, I'm looking at the on travel channel, CNN, National Geographic, um, all sorts of TLC's Asia's. Oddities you've you've got all sorts of interesting experiences coming. In. Thank you so much for for joining me And uh, I'm excited to share with our listeners a little bit about your story.
0: Great. Thank you so much
1: so where do we even start you're in Vancouver at the moment and um, uh, Are you home?
0: Yeah, I guess it's a little bit similar to you from what I've seen The Pacific Northwest is such a beautiful place to grow up and so I grew up in Vancouver My family's here and I still come back here between my travels it happens to be a good spot for heading off to Asia, to Europe, to Mexico and Central and South America. Like We're pretty well situated. And it's just such a beautiful place to be. It's nice to travel and then come back and experience the nature and everything that we have here
1: absolutely I love in my experience which just happens to be very Europe centric Eurocentric I just keep going back to the same cities I love them they're always changing it keeps me endlessly entertained I'm always encouraging my readers and our listeners um, to get off the beaten path and I feel like you've made that your claim to fame you've designed a whole lifestyle around niche and alternative tourism can you explain uh, a little bit about that
0: yeah, absolutely. None of this was a great master plan, and travel wasn't even my original focus. So I really landed here just through a lot of uh, exploring and learning. And it really began, I mean, if you go all the way back when I was growing up here in Vancouver, I always felt an attraction to subcultures. I love Gothic music. I would always be trying to sneak into the clubs on Granville Street. And <laughs> I don't know if you know Vancouver at all, yeah, but there's I know of Granville. A cool music scene. Yeah. So. That was always something that I was drawn to from a very young age. I loved the fashion. I loved the sense of belonging. And then as I was starting my blog, I initially focused on Japanese subcultures, especially Gothic, because I thought, you know, it's such another universe over there in Japan. Uh I guess you've been to Tokyo no
1: I haven't it's on my list and that's one thing I want to talk to you about I want to spend oh 10 minutes at the end of this show just talking about Tokyo because I'm dying to get over to to Japan I know that's you, should you know when I'm there yeah we please well, we'll we adventure. should definitely coordinate yes please yeah. um, how did starting the blog time up with your time at Columbia University and uh, and then Yale Law School so you're simultaneously going to some of the best American universities and, and best universities in the world while about maintaining and creating a blog focused on goth and Japanese and underground culture is it was that going on simultaneously
0: It was. It was going on simultaneously during law school because, as you can imagine, while it's a fantastic... Because you
1: have plenty of time to go off and just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) uh, take on all sorts of extracurricular responsibilities and and writing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess as someone like you can imagine, if you don't have that fulfillment in what you're doing, I mean, you could be doing something really great, but if you don't have that creative fulfillment or that sense of adventure or travel, then you're just not you. Mm-hmm. And so I felt when I was in law school, while well, I'm glad I did that. I wasn't fulfilling that side of myself. Mm-hmm. And that's when blogs really started to come out around 2007 and 8. They were in their very early stages. And I just thought, you know, this is such a great medium. I love writing. I love sharing photography and connecting with people around the world. Blogging let me do that. So I just started really early. And I have to say I got lucky being and early
1: adopter kind of right place at the right time and again you've picked out a very niche uh uh, kind of segment of the traveling and and cultural space um Mm -hmm. for me i picked out my tourism company niche after going after uh, the american student studying abroad in europe it's very specific um and so i believe you've had great success in picking your own niche um Today, do you focus more on your blog, your Instagram, your newsletter? I'm curious about how you how you focus your time.
0: Yeah. I like to say that I focus my time on whatever I am most passionate about at the moment. I try to make that the priority and let the opportunities come from there because (laughs) I feel if I'm not personally excited by something, if I feel, for example, one social network is not as intriguing as it used to be, or one topic, one style of fashion isn't as interesting, then I need to move on. I need to evolve and keep pursuing new things. So at this very moment, I just got back from a trip in South America, which was incredible. Uh, I do producing and hosting for shows, so I'm teaming up with the German show, and we're shooting in Japan, maybe in September or August, if you want to come. And yeah, it's with, so a, tempting.
1: I'm dying to get out. I'm, I'm, we will absolutely. discuss details later. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> but good. yeah,
0: it's like a, a lot of different things, different projects going at the same time. As you know, you can't just do one thing. You always have to have your hands in a bunch of different baskets. Yeah. But they're always fulfilling things that are linked to travel and creativity and subcultures in some way, whether it's consulting, whether it's travel collaborations, blogging, writing. Um, I'm writing for a site called Space Nation right now, too, which is really interesting because... I, it's all about the spacey destinations on Earth, and
1: yeah. I'm all about that. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's there's so many questions bouncing around in my head. Um, first off, like, so you mentioned that you run kind of a, a production crew and on-the-ground fixer company, mm-hmm. and, and that's called?
0: Called La Carmina and the Pirates.
1: And the Pirates, that's right.
0: Yeah, it's actually under my main site, lacarmina.com slash pirates.
1: Uh, I gotcha. It seems like such a cool team, and you've worked with some pretty pretty remarkable and famous clients. I love one of the videos that you can can watch is you helping a, a, a Dutch tourism video oh, yeah. or a Pepsi commercial. Was that it?
0: Yeah, it was Dutch Pepsi. That was quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but,
1: but from there, you can kind of get, get a sense for the, the personality and um, what, what it would be like to travel with you. When you are providing those fixing services, what are you looking for? What's, uh, what do you find yourself doing the most time? Is it just a matter of knowing who to call and, and speak in the language and, and knowing how to get around town?
0: Oh, interesting enough, for that type of work, we never do the pitching because it's production companies that come to us. They have a show that they are trying to create. And for the most part, they want to shoot in Japan, but they don't know how to do it because obviously they don't know the language, but they also don't have the connections, especially to a subculture. So if you wanted to shoot a regular tourist thing, it wouldn't be the hardest thing in the world. But if you want to do something about body modifications or bagel heads or really niche fashion, you would have no idea where to start. And that's where we come in. We help them out because we know this universe. We live it. This is our life. And we let TV crews take a peek into it. And we always make sure that they present it in a fair and unbiased way. There's no sensationalism. We want to do our best to present these sometimes disturbing to people subcultures, but in a very positive and fair light.
1: I'm Andy Steves, and I'm on the phone with Carmina of lacarmina.com. You should definitely check it out. Um, Carmina, I want to get into the specifics of goth, body modifications, drag queens, and all else, the underworld, after this break.
2: This episode is brought to you by Weekend Student Adventures. Experience Europe like a local. WSA offers three day and 10 day break trips for students and budget travelers to Europe's most exciting cities. Skip the line at top sites, experience delicious cuisine, get off the beaten path and connect with locals on WSA's urban adventures. Ready for the city list? Edinburgh, Dublin, London, Amsterdam, Paris, Barcelona, Madrid, Rome, Florence, Venice, Berlin, Budapest, Krakow, and Prague. Just show up at the hostel and we take it from there. You can find all dates and details online at WSAeurope.com. Plus, take 10 euro off your next adventure with promo code PODCASTER.
1: All right. This is Andy Steves with Carmina of lacarmina.com com talking about goth and alternative culture. Um, I've always been intrigued about this, Carmina, and but you know, my mom bought my clothes all the way through high school. <laughs> it was always it, I always felt like I was uh, not quite cool enough or not quite uh, edgy enough to, to join the crew. I've always seen it. It's very visual. You can notice it. How would you communicate what it means to somebody who isn't familiar with the culture?
0: Hmm. What I love is that you cannot categorize it. There isn't a single way of dressing or a single way to be. So people might think, oh, goth, that just means you wear black. But Mm -hmm. it is much more than that. There aren't any rules. It's more about how you approach everything, your lifestyle, the way you dress to express how you feel. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you're a bit outside the norm, say, let's say you love horror movies, maybe you might wear things that pay homage to your favorite horror characters, Mm -hmm. like Vampire or Elvira or something like that. Um, Yeah, I I guess it's really, it's so visual, it's different. It takes regular beauty conventions and turns them on their head, which I love. For Mm -hmm. example, instead of the Barbie blue-eyed pink dresses standard, you might have people with really pale skin and maybe red contact lenses, maybe colorful dreads in their hair, and steampunk dresses.
1: I love that, And and there's something like a goth Lolita kind of Japanese style, uh, I see a link here, Tokyo Gothic Lolita Punk shopping guide. <laughs> and and um, I feel like that's such a visual. I love it. So um, that's interesting. And have you made a business out of um, kind of covering this subculture and keeping links with referrals and, and just building your, your SEO like that? that? That appears to be a pretty deliberate move on your part.
0: Yeah, the site was actually originally more focused on fashion. So I would say it's still a mix of fashion and travel and it's just a bit of everything. There's some home decor as well, a bit of lifestyle. And absolutely I recommend fashion to my readers and we do have links and we do direct sales as well.
1: Great. And So if I'm going to a new city and, you know, it could be Tokyo, but I want to I want to pick a generic city and I'm trying to find this underground culture. um, Are there keywords I should Google or are there online resources I can check or maybe print? Um, Have you found that there's one consistent source of information for those who want to be up to date with what's going on?
0: You know, people have asked me that. They ask me, how do you find these things that are in my own city, in my own backyard? And I've never heard about them. Well, I think a lot of it's due to my just my proclivities. I have this radar on and whenever something comes up in the news or on a Facebook feed, I think, oh, wow, there's this bizarre cafe that's opening up in Omaha or whatever it might be. <laughs> you know, it's funny you brought this up because I did something for Huffington Post Travel, a video series where it was, I went to Wisconsin and I found cool things there.
1: Oh, my gosh. You're going to make me feel so vanilla, like just kind (laughs) of checking out your material and your your blog. Um, It it just feels like I've just been doing the the standard things. I got to I got to get deeper than skin level here.
0: Well, when you're going back to Prague,
1: right? Uh, let's see. I'm going back over to Europe in a couple weeks, um, but I'm, I'll am i be moving all over the place. So, oh, nice. um, but I've been uh, spending time in in Colombia over the last couple years. And oh, cool. but Prague has been my home base between kind of 2011 to 2017 or so.
0: Oh, got it. Because I remember when I was in Prague, let me guess that you haven't done this. I went to some really divey Gothic club. And a boy went on stage and he got his mouth sewn shut with needle and thread. Oh, my
1: gosh. No, (laughs) (laughs) no. And I would have just left because I get really queasy when I see stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, What do you remember the name of it?
0: Uh, It's on the blog somewhere. I can look Uh, it up later. We'll
1: have to check it out. Oh, man. So um, and then where do you see this? What are the trends now? Like what's exciting in the culture at the moment? Is fashion really popping or is there um, other things coming up? What's what's happening uh, these days?
0: Yeah, it's always changing. I think for a while, Japan was really the most exciting place. The fashion was insane. There were all these bizarre things like theme cafes and body modifications. But that's slowing down a little. That's why I've also I've been doing more worldwide travel to see, you know, what's going on in different places around the world, in uh-huh. Asia and Europe. Um, right now, I think a lot of people are very much into technology. I think biohacking is a huge one. I know people who implant LEDs and all these machinery under their skin oh my gosh. and they can use it, yeah, to... almost as a computer, or to read the weather, tell the time, something implanted right in your skin. It can give you feedback on your um, heartbeat,
1: pulse. What?
0: Yeah, they can read your levels, whatever you choose to get measured. I I think that's going to be a huge thing, uh, virtual reality and augmented reality also. And space, I mean, it's never too soon to start thinking about space travel, yeah. space tourism.
1: <laughs> so. I'm going to be uh, a late adopter in terms of body modifications and implanting technology. Um, yes,
0: but maybe weekend student adventures to space. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: there
1: you go. <laughs> uh, possibly, possibly. Um, now, uh, regarding space, uh, have you heard the, the new podcast? I think it's Gimlet Media, um, The Habitat. Yeah,
0: Habitat, uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, did you binge that like I did?
0: Um, I have binged it. I need to finish it. Yeah. So I'm am halfway
1: through. You know, they reflect the pace of a year being locked in a tent with a bunch of strangers. It's a uh, you know a, a story about what is it six or seven or eight people that have been recruited to live on a volcano in what Arizona in New Mexico? And yeah. um, Hawaii, I think actually. Oh yeah, it's Hawaii, Hawaii, and yeah. they just take constant readings of all their vitals and do various experiments, but otherwise you just just kind of sit around and twiddle your thumbs for a year. And it was it was interesting to, to listen through it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's that mean when you talk about space, though? Like, are you are, are you going to be one of those ones that sign up to, to go to Mars?
0: <laughs> we shall see. I think a lot of it depends on how the technologies develop and the opportunities. <laughs> yeah. But I think within a few years, it does seem realistic that they will launch rides to lower Earth orbit. So technically, that space, that means you're outside of the Earth's atmosphere. And From all the way up high you can look down and the earth is you know this globe. So you're really up there You aren't quite as far. You're not going to the moon You aren't even going to the International Space Station But I think for about an hour you get an amazing ride up over the atmosphere looking down and
1: maybe low gravity
0: Yes, exactly Uh, low gravity and then I know they're trying to develop hotels and whatnot on the International Space Station Eventually, maybe people can do trips there. Uh, so I think everything's pretty gradual. But is,
1: is somebody yeah. kind of positioning themselves to be the first reporter to, to go test out this new hotel
0: Um, that person would be me
1: (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't it be great to
0: do a travel tv show in space space travel tv
1: there you go there you go Right? can you imagine the
0: fashion i've been wearing (laughs) (laughs)
1: that'd be wonderful um i am with carmina of la carmina and uh this is andy steve's travel podcast we'll be right back
2: This episode of Auntie steves Travel is brought to you by Detours. Travel your own way. Detours include your sightseeing and accommodation reservations in each city you're going to, so you can show up and connect the dots at your own pace. Have all the fun, but none of the headache. It's like a guidebook that makes reservations for you, or like a tour without sacrificing any of your independence. Pick a city and date at andysteves.com, book your detour, and then spend your time on the fun stuff like finding farmer's markets and restaurants, bars that you want to go to, because the detour package takes care of everything else. Two nights accommodation and two key sites included. Learn more and book your adventure today at andysteves.com. That's Andy, s.com
1: all right Carmina we're back I want to talk to you about a visit to Tokyo and Japan I've never been um so consider me a blank slate and uh we've got to change this so what are the kind of a handful obviously we can't do everything right now but I'd Mm -hmm. love to know a handful of general um thoughts like mindset maybe time of year to go when I approach uh, a visit to Japan and then maybe some specifics about some of your favorite spots
0: yeah that sounds great so people should know that in, in tokyo specifically tokyo the weather is a lot like new york so it gets very humid in the summer it's pretty cold in the winter and spring and fall are the best times to go you're lucky because you are in seattle and there are so many cheap flights these days direct flights from the west coast especially vancouver and san francisco you can get there for as low as 500 us dollars direct flight 11 hours And once you get there, what I love about Tokyo and Japan in general is that there's something for everyone. So you don't have to only be into subcultures or only into food or hiking or family travel. There's something for every single person. And I think it's a fantastic place also for students because it doesn't have to be expensive. I think people also have this misconception that it's expensive there, but you can get the best food at little ramen bars or conveyor belt sushi places or little markets. And for first timer, just general tips, I would say first fly into Tokyo, stay in the central area so that you're not spending all this time transiting around. And especially if you like to party, you should know that the trains stop running after a certain time, usually 1 a.m.
1: Don't a lot of people just commit to stay through the night?
0: That is correct. So you have to party all night or go to a karaoke room and stay overnight there or go to a capsule hotel if you're a guy because women generally can't stay in them. You can stay in a little capsule hotel overnight. <laughs> you know, it's, there's so many contradictions and things that you just wouldn't expect. Right. One, for example, is that the business culture, while it's so formal and strict and hardworking, you also are kind of obligated to party with your boss and drink until you pass out. That's yeah. sort of a business custom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm a big proponent of uh, partaking in the local cultures, whatever they might be. And so this is some that may, some may elect to or others can 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 opt out of
0: um well if you're part of that company and you want to be a team player you better keep up with the drinking (laughs) keep up
1: your part okay cool so we'll spend (laughs) um on a first visit obviously you can't see everything but uh is it like three four days or would you advocate for a week
0: i would do at least a week especially if you're coming from the u.s or europe it's going to take you a while to get there and get situated Mm mm-hmm I would say minimum a week, Uh, and for your first time you might want to just stay in Tokyo, or you might want to take the famous bullet trains also to Osaka or maybe Kyoto. That's a good first time visit. You can use a Japan rail pass to save money and it's unlimited trains so you can hop around a bit. But in Tokyo there are some main districts you've probably heard of Shinjuku, Shibuya, Harajuku of course for the fashion. You might want to just explore around there, check out the food, check out the fashion, and try to do what the locals do, whether it's those little bars that can only seat 10 people and then going out for karaoke um, and eating sushi every day, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, that's great. And in terms of sushi, um, there actually are conveyor belt sushi places. And, and those are, can be good spots.
0: Well, the irony is, okay, first of all, we live in a place, Pacific Northwest, that has incredible sushi, fresh fish. But what we would pay, say, a $50 meal might be a $10 meal there and on a conveyor belt.
1: Uh-huh right so so you can have really good sushi in that case uh, mm-hmm. affordably
0: exactly yeah
1: oh man yeah because like you go out and it's 50 bucks a head easily it, like, every time i like sushi but it's it's not cheap uh, in in the seattle area
0: yeah, over there, it's two bucks a plate and you can eat, what, 10 plates if you want. <laughs> <And Nice. laughs> I think often people talk only about, you know, Giro Dreams of Sushi or where Bourdain goes and it's $500. But the average person, where do my friends go? We go to these small conveyor belt sushi places.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Usually oh, about great. two
0: bucks a plate for S- two pieces.
1: Speaking of, you've worked with Anthony Bourdain, is that right?
0: So I, um, the production company, they consulted me a couple times for some episodes. I wasn't actually in the episodes, but mm-hmm. I was in one of his promos for No Reservations,
1: so uh-huh. one of the ads that ran. Yeah, he's. Uh, it's it's so fun to take, you know, my dad has a certain style with his khakis and button-up and, and glasses. Aww. You have he's a certain style, and uh, <laughs> Anthony Bourdain, uh, Andrew Zimmern, uh, the, uh, the Bizarre Foods, right, uh, yeah. host. Uh, so it's it's always, I, I love taking inspiration from as many different sources as I can, um, and so this is why we have Carmina of um, If if listeners want to follow up uh with you or check you out where would you want us to send our traffic the website your instagram uh let I would us know do the
0: website that's where the meat of it is to me social media it's the snack it's the carrot where you get a little bit of a taste but the real meat the story the writing that's on the blog that's la are we dating
1: ourselves bar. carmina <laughs> <laughs> no, no i i, I, I agree 100 percent. yeah
0: no i but i really think that's what survives, and also you know this. This is what you own. You own your website and your content, and you have control over it. Yeah. If an algorithm changes, or suddenly I don't know, you get blacklisted for whatever reason, then you're off. Yeah, and there no, goes, yeah, That
1: that's so true. You're you're absolutely right. This is your your meat and veggies. This is your like actual food and inspiration on your website. It's so cool. It's so uh, extensive and comprehensive. So uh, listeners, definitely check out lacarmina.com. If you do want a snack, it's at lacarmina.com. L-A-C-A-R-M-I-N-A. Carmina, L-A-C-A-R-M-I-N-A. Karmina, it's been so much fun connecting with you. And yeah, um, what's on the horizon for you? Uh, it sounds like space travel is on your, on your radar. Yeah. What else is in front of you?
0: You know, I'm quite interested in emerging technologies and opportunities in travel, entrepreneurship, tech, business. I think that could be a next step because I've done personal travel and writing for a while now. And I'd like to explore something on that end. That's something I haven't really done yet.
1: And you're leaving yourself open to ideas or do you have stuff in the works?
0: Uh, I'm open to ideas. If you or anyone listening has ideas, hit me up. <laughs> I'm always keen to explore something new.
1: Here, here's an idea I have. And okay. um, and this is something that I, I'm, I've kind of written into a pitch and I've sent it off once or twice, but I've been a little bit lazy about it. Um, imagine a travel show that visits any city over a handful of days for four or five days. You take a local expert or a general, maybe season expert, um, and they're kind of like the Yoda of, of that season where they say if it's going to be Europe and we would take six or seven um, randos of all the classic personalities you know the crazy drunk girl the the bro the nerd the uptight one and the skeezy dude and uh give them a mission in all these different cities maybe eight or ten cities across the season and the expert would give them a list of things like a treasure hunt or a scavenger hunt that they got to do in Mm -hmm. order designed in a way where they experience the cultural cornerstones and the key sites and, and taste the the best food and have the craziest parties. But if they don't do that or go over budget, they're going to have penalty tasks, which they got to do that are typical to the local culture. Like, eating haggis in uh in edinburgh or um it could be anything biting an octopus in rome that's a that's a thing italian families do uh when they go out to the beach (laughs) so (laughs) any number of things um and so that's that's the idea that i've been working out in my head so it's kind of like a game show classic elimination uh reality tv a little bit without the elimination part uh and travel show
0: that's interesting do you know about escape rooms
1: yes yeah yes they they have yeah. gotten hugely popular um, yeah exactly do they have those in uh, across Japan?
0: they have them everywhere these days, yeah. so I was thinking, you know I think escapes challenges game shows that isn't very interesting direction
1: yeah 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 and so if you just you know brought brought, um you know putting six people together is already intense but if you put them Mm -hmm. on the road travel traveling together is is like a pressure cooking experience where just people go crazy and the lids blow off and that could make some good tv (laughs)
0: yeah amazing
1: yeah well um if we were gonna do that on an episode in tokyo i'm curious are there any like cultural experiences that you would uh, inflict upon people um, in terms of the penalty tasks?
0: Hmm. I like your idea of making them eat something. (laughs) There's always this Tsukichi fish market with some bizarre seafood there. (laughs) Or if you want to go a little deeper, maybe they might want to get punished in some way. You know that people go to maid cafes, these lonely kind of nerdy guys, they go to maid cafes for the maids to punish them, to treat them badly. I've heard (laughs) about this.
1: Tell me about it.
0: I don't know. It's a, If you watch a lot of anime or read manga, sometimes there are these trope characters, these women that uh, dress up in maid costumes. and So they've kind of recreated this fantasy world in a real-life cafe. And the guys can kind of get into fantasy drama with them, too. If they can't uh, complete a challenge, like eating something in a certain amount of time, then they may get a slap on the face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they actually do it. So this would be... I always... Um you know, anytime I'm talking about a new cultural experience, I'm always saying to people, it's not a place to judge what's cool or weird or good or bad. Um, go and experience it with an open mind. And this would be, I feel like Tokyo would be such a vivid experience. Um, and, and so I, I got to go and, and try out one of these maid cafes.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You'll
1: love it. <laughs> I hope I don't get slapped around too much. <laughs> we'll see. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, Carmina, thank you so much for joining. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Remember, you can check out Carmina at la carmina on instagram and definitely check out lacarmina.com for all sorts of travel inspiration uh, a crazy blog videos images and more so carmina um i wish you happy travels all the best and good luck uh going to space
0: thank you you too thanks Andy. <laughs> uh,
1: all right have it going Alrighty, that does it for this episode of andy steves travel podcast it's our first foray into japanese travel and i hope to do much more very soon let us know what you think about the show in a review and send us guest ideas and requests to andysteves.com next week we're headed to london with leo heaton one of london's best local tour guides
2: Spitalfields is incredible if you'd gone to Spitalfields market as little as 50 years ago you would have seen a completely different vibe than there is now they've completely revitalized this Victorian fruit and vegetable you know wholesale space and they've turned it into something that really catches the vibe of East London so it's got street food stores it's got pop-up kind of retro, vintage um, shops and market stalls. But ultimately, they've preserved this incredible market.
1: By the way, on this season of Andy Steve's Travel Podcast, I'm working with the team at Podcast and Radio Networks. If you're thinking about starting your own show, they've got just the right people in place to turn your podcasting dreams into broadcasting reality. For more information, check them out at podcastandradio.com.
2: You can connect with WSA Europe, Andy's tour company, at WSA Europe on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thanks again for listening. To find all show details and links to connect with our guest, find it online at andysteves.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.